you don't know someone's story. You just don't know. You think, you know, even if you think, you know, it, I promise you, you don't know it. And I'm a queen of vulnerability. I share a ton of stuff about myself. I don't share a ton about my kids. So people will say like, they'll say things to me and I'm like, okay, but I'm not going to fight it. But it's just the fact that I don't share those things because that's not important. We have to be able to tap back into who we are, what we're here to do and what choices or decisions could I make every day that is going to move me further forward. All I knew is I knew what my bottom was. And I remember being on the floor, like literally on the floor going, I can't do this life anymore. Like I can't, I don't, I remember the exact words thinking, what universe would I have ever signed up for this? What's up my soul sister? Welcome to the happy, purposeful and free podcast where we are all about going after our dreams, living aligned with our soul's purpose and playing all out. I'm your guide, Katrina Lully, life and biz mentor, entrepreneur, mama four, wife, and big kid at heart. This is where you will get the realest of the real from me and our special guests about living a life with passion, alignment, and what's true for you. We don't do the small talk around here. We are all about being who we are, sharing the tools, tips, all the behind the scenes and inspiring stories that empower you to boldly pursue your life. I will share all the goods on life, business, and relationships so that you can start living your happy, purposeful, and free. Let's do this thing together. sister. So excited to be back for another episode. Incredibly excited about today's guest. We are actually literally just meeting for the first time, even though our paths have crossed through a mastermind and other mentors. And now we have this community and network. And I reached out to Marsha just like, I, I, you know, I am so believer in energy and people you just get drawn to. And she is one of those people I've been kind of watching. And I'm like, I've got to get in touch with Marsha. I've got to have her on the show and have a conversation with her. Marsha Van Weinsberg is a storytelling business coach, speaker, and author. She is the six time, holy cow, six time best-selling author of When She Stopped Asking Why. She shares her lessons as a parent who dealt with teen substance abuse that tore her family unit apart. Marsha recently published a collaborative book called Owning Your Choices, sharing inspiring stories of courage from women around the world. Through her tools, NLP certifications, programs, coaching, and podcasts, Marsha teaches the power of radical responsibility in owning your choices in your own life. She empowers women how to own their stories, be conscious leaders and build platform businesses that create massive impact. So, so amazing. Marsha, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here with um, me and my audience. Oh, I'm so thrilled. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited about what you do. When I started looking more into um, and watching your stories and really seeing what you do, I, this is, I think, one of the most important lessons that we can learn in life is truly owning our own power and our stories. Mm -hmm. And, and then we get to go share those things. 
Absolutely. It's, it, I actually think it's very underutilized and not talked about enough. I 100% agree with what you're saying. Oh, I love it. Love it. So before we dive into the really juicy stuff, I would love to ask you when you were a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up? Mm, Oh my gosh. I wanted to be a doctor. I actually had this vision of being a doctor because I think I was such a person who dealt with wanting to fix things. Like I really, really wanted to fix things. And I even followed that wish up until like finishing university. I applied to medical school twice. I went back and upgraded courses and still didn't get in. And one of my closest friends who is a family doctor, she laughs and she's like, you'd be miserable. You'd be miserable because you get to problem solve and help people. That's not what we do. We, we come in when the problem is like already big. So Mm. yeah, that I always want to be a doctor. Mm, I love that. And such an interesting, like, I'm glad that she shared that with you. Like I wouldn't have, you you don't think about it that way. So not at all, not at all. She's like, you actually get to make a difference with people. Whereas I, if I do, I don't know. They don't come back to tell me I have no idea. And I'm literally just putting out fires all day long. And I went, okay, never thought about that. Yeah. So, so much respect for doctors who are putting out Mm -hmm. fires because there's already a huge problem when someone walks in the office, usually. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thousand percent. What is one of the most bravest things you've ever done? Hmm. I think I've done a few. Um, I'm very much, I lean into and step into that space. I think the very first time I chose to share my story on stage, I was scared to death. I was living in so much judgment from so many people And, but I felt so called to do it. And I remember being on stage and I broke into tears. I'm like, nobody wants to do that in a stage in a room full of, you know, a few hundred people, but it happened and you still learn to go with it. So I think that we have to step into that space when we feel called and learn from doing it. So when people say, well, you can do that now without crying, I can get emotional, but you have to do like, you have to do to build more courage. And I, personally I think courage is a verb. It's not something that I have and someone else doesn't. I think we build it by continually showing up and stepping into the uncomfortable. A thousand percent agree with that. It's building that muscle. Mm-hmm. And muscle. unless you, and, and even once you build it, it's just like working out, exercising. When you stop using it, like it can start to diminish. Oh, easy, easy. It actually, that's, I'm so glad you said that because is once you do have, you've built it, you have to keep building it and you keep building it. And that's stepping into the next stage and doing those things. And I know not everybody wants to do it exactly the way I did or the way you do it. But the thing is, is that if you, you're feeling a lack of courage to live the life, the way that you want to live, then you owe it to yourself to learn how to build it. Mm, So powerful. So, so good. Now you are all about that power of owning our stories. What was it, or where was the turning point in your own story where you were like, okay, there's something here that needs to be told and needs to be shared to the world. Mm -hmm. It was, it took me a while to see it, to be completely honest, because we were in a space of like very normal family. And then we started to deal with teen substance abuse. It came in and it never left. It just stayed and it, it grew and it escalated and amplified and it just never stopped. And I remember thinking like, 
I don't know what else to do. I don't know how to stop this. And you're a mom, right? So, I mean, I'm like, I want to fix it. Like that's, this is not what I envisioned my life was going to be. And everyone around me is saying, well, do something. You're the parent. I'm like, do what? Like, what else do I do other than try my best to stop it? And so that's essentially what I did for the longest time. And as I spent so much time literally micromanaging everything, trying not to let the balls drop, not to the stress to come here, I was at a point where I honestly probably wasn't sleeping much more than an hour at a time. I would jump off my seat from a doorbell. A counselor said, you're suffering from severe PTSD at that point. I was trying to survive. Like there was no thriving. It was just literally, I was a shell at that point. And there came a point in our story where we almost lost both boys in the span of a couple of days. One was in the hospital when we almost lost the second one. And both things happened in our house. That was a turning point for me because I remember thinking, am I actually keeping him safe? Like, am I actually stopping this? Do I actually even have any control? Because I didn't. It was obviously I didn't. I was doing my best to protect them here yet both things happened here. And that was my eye opening that I went, okay, I can't live like this anymore. And I don't know what to do. I'd been doing a lot of different counseling and support. And we had gone to groups, my husband and I had, and that was a moment where I just went, okay, I can't control this anymore. I cannot do this anymore. And I'm ready to like, whatever my next step is, is what I have to do. So I, through a lot of support and a lot of counseling, um, the words that kept coming up for me were ownership and choices and like taking radical responsibility for yourself. And so as I started to really embody those words, I had to have a honest moment with myself to realize that I was literally blaming everyone else in my life for where it was at. When you're in chaos, nobody wants to live there. Like nobody wants, nobody signs up for that. Nobody chooses that but it's what we had. And I was at a point where I was so resentful of my kids for what they had done to us. My husband for not doing enough, my, you know, my friends for not being there, my family for, for this, my other friends for having a normal life. Like all I did was resent everything around me. And I blamed everyone else around me and through a lot of work and really diving into a lot of Brene Brown work, to be completely honest, and I started to understand that, wait, what's, what do you mean ownership or choice? I don't understand. And a turning point for me was I heard the Stephen Covey quote, which I still use all the time, is that you're not a product of your, your circumstances, you're a product of your decisions. So my decisions were the only thing we're going to create change. So I started to really ask myself, okay, so what do you want next? What do you want to create? What do you want to do? What are you okay with? Be honest. And I had to shift from blame because no change happens in blame. And every time we, we blame somebody else, we are literally giving our power away. We're not taking any responsibility. And it's the exact polar opposite of ownership. The two are the two complete opposite of each other. So I started to look at where I was blaming everyone. And I started to take ownership for what I was doing. And that meant that I created some mantras and mantras were way to help me to shift and move forward. So it would be literally, that's not my choice. That's not my choice, but this is my choice. This is my choice mm. and start really embodying what that was. That meant that that was the point in time where like my kids had to fail. They had to hit hard. They had to hit whatever we want to call rock bottom. It's like, I'm not here to fix it. There was no net. It's not me because that's your choice. 
And they would get so tired of hearing those words over and over, but that's what I would just say. Well, if you don't like where your life is right now, not blaming them. If you don't like where your life is right now, just make a different choice because we can all make a different choice. And then I just started to take as much radical responsibility for myself as possible. What is the self-care that I needed? What are the boundaries I needed? What are the things that I had to put into place in order to change my life? And this is, I believe this with 100% of my being, no matter what change you want to see in your life, you have to go first. You have to, you have to go first. You have to be the change. I still literally wear it on my wrist because you have to be the change. Every time I was not happy with where things were, I'm like, okay, are you being the change you want to see? Are you being the person that you want to be? And it just, it just would help to course correct me every day. And so that was a real, the turning point came from one of the worst moments of my life where I thought we'd lost them both. And at that point, realizing that I actually didn't have any control. We, that's a really scary thing as a parent, because you think you do, but you don't because they do literally have their own brain. They do make their own decisions. And I just had to come to a space that I will always love you, but I'm not here to fix your life anymore. I'm not here to push or pull you. I'm not here to like block all the obstacles. It's just not my job. Like I will be here to support you, but I'm not here to fix it. You have to do that yourself. And once I started to take that position, I started to take care of myself and which allows me to be able to handle the situation that we had. Like this was a decade long that we went through this. So it was not something that happened overnight, but I 100% learned how to, had to learn how to change myself first. Oh my gosh. So, so powerful. And just honoring that piece of your story that has created this life that you had, like that started where you are now. And one, being up close and personal with addiction and totally understanding, one, being a recovering alcoholic myself, plus having active addiction in my family right now. Mm -hmm. And so honoring that, and I could not imagine as a parent, you know, what it would be like in that space. And, but to truly take ownership Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, one surrendering, like I heard surrender, I had to surrender, I had to let go. Mm -hmm. And applying that not to just your son, but just in everything in your life, Mm -hmm. when you when in other relationships and things, and what can I do? What is my choice today? Like, so powerful, so simple, not easy. No, it's so simple because we like to try to complicate things. Right. And the complication is in the trying to, to control and oh, yeah. things to fix. And like, that's the complicated part, but, but the simplicity of it again, not easy, but simplicity, like, oh my gosh, so powerful and so powerful. So it was, it, it, and I thank you for saying that because that sums it up. Exactly. They were small steps that I repeated every day. Mm-hmm. They were not complicated. They like, it was so simple. Um, for me, the name of my book, I named it when she stopped asking why, because that's when my life changed. When I stopped asking why the, why I was looking forever for a reason, why did this happen to us? And that's, that keeps you stuck as a victim. Yeah. And if there's anything I've learned over the years, a victim mentality will never change anything. It will never create any change. Because you're giving away your power. It means you are waiting 
for whoever you are blaming to come in and fix the circumstances, which means you have completely given up all opportunity to create change yourself. So when I stopped asking why, I would also go through the mantra every time I would feel myself drop into why it's like, no, what, what can you do now, Marsha? What is next? And I, because what's an action word. And so I would just be like, focus on what, focus on what that was. It was just this constant conversation. And I think if people could actually hear the conversations that were going on in my head at that point, and even now they would, cause they'll say all the time, they're like, what's well, easy for you. Cause you're strong. And I'm like, no, 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 no. No, 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 it's not. It was a daily, daily, hour by hour, sometimes minute by minute reminder and conversation with myself. And it was when I look at it now, I had to keep choosing me over and over. And this sounds really hard for people to understand who have not dealt with addiction, but I had to learn how to choose me because it's the exact same thing everyone else was going to have to do. Mm-hmm. If, if my kids wanted to create a change, they had to choose themselves. They couldn't do it for me. They couldn't do it for a friend. They couldn't do it. They had to do everything for themselves. So it became almost like every man for themselves, literally. Yeah. Yeah. So, so good. There's so many different things in there. Like, so the small, like the small steps and that, that conversation in your head, I get it. Like people looked at me and thought I was nuts because of the literal conversations I have with myself about, mm-hmm. Okay, no, Katrina, like stopping the voices, stopping and like replacing it with the mantra, replacing it with my affirmations, replacing it like, no, this is the way, this is who I am now. I'm not this person anymore. I get to do this. Mm -hmm. And that, and it is those little small steps. It's not the big vision is important. The big where you see where you want to go is important because that's, Mm -hmm. that's where we want to go. But how do we get there is in those small steps. Sometimes they're a little bit bigger than, than small steps, but most of the time it's the daily little actions. And I think we forget that. That's such a great point. We absolutely do forget it. And that's why I'm probably even a little bit resistant to big goal setting because I I, I am, I actually am resistant to it. People talk about it all the time. And I, the reason I'm resistant is because I think if you only focus on where you're going then it doesn't matter what that vision is. If you don't actually implement the action steps every day, Yeah, you just, it's just like, if I say I want to run a half marathon in six weeks, but I don't run it all in that time, I could visualize that goal. I can look at the goal. I can see pictures of it. I can do a meditation about it, but if I don't actually get into action and run, I don't have a prayer of doing it. So it's the action steps to me, the goal It's just, if you keep doing the action steps every day, it will take you in the direction that you want to go, but you can't just focus on the direction. No, a thousand percent. And I'm a resistant to the big goals too. And it is the, it is the small action steps. I did, this just came to me. I was thinking about a pilot. You know, if, if I were to go, or you were to go sit in, in the driver's seat of the airplane right now and Mm -hmm. try to fly the plane, how successful do you think we'd be? Hopefully there's no passengers. Because we're probably going to crash. I was just going to say, I hope no one's on the plane because we would crash. Wait, if I got off the ground, if I even got off the ground. Exactly. Even if we got off the ground. So that's why there's pilot school where you learn all of the steps that are required. And that's where the transformation comes. That's where you come into the being of I'm a pilot now. Oh, that's so good. That is so good because I think that there's such a... 
misunderstanding about transformation. And we get so, we do it all the time. We look at stories, we look at people, we, you know, whether it's physical or emotional or business, the transformation, and we look at where they are now. But I always say like, you, you don't know someone's story. You just don't know. You think, you know, even if you think, you know, it, I promise you, you don't know it. And I'm a queen of vulnerability. I share a ton of stuff about myself. I don't share a ton about my kids. So people will say, like, they'll say things to me and I'm like, okay, but I'm not going to fight it. But it's just the fact that I don't share those things because that's not important. We have to be able to tap back into who we are, what we're here to do, and what choices or decisions could I make every day? that is going to move me further forward. All I knew is I knew what my bottom was. And I remember being on the floor, like literally on the floor going, I can't do this life anymore. Like I can't, I don't, I remember the exact words thinking, what universe would I have ever signed up for this? Like, there is no way in hell I signed up for this. Like, why would I want this? Mm -hmm. And then it was like, okay, but this is what you have. So what can you do with it next? And that's just, Every single day, I would have to revisit it. And you know what? Even to this day, I'm like, even to this day, I have those days where I'm low. I'm like just sad because maybe life is just, it can be challenging. And then it's like, no, but what are you doing? What are you not doing? What do you need to do differently? And I just go internal and have that conversation. And it's always me. I a hundred percent, the only person that's going to move the needle is me. I have to do something differently. So if it is, I always say self-care, like being clear on self-care and boundaries and really tapping into what do I need to do in order to show up differently. And I think everybody has is capable of doing that. Yeah, a thousand percent. And that's changing, that's changing the narrative of what's I think been said or shared or whatever so much in our world Mm -hmm. you know that asking that why coming from the victim mindset you know it's somebody else's fault the blame and the true ownership does come from with from us within Mm -hmm. and however how you shift that through the small actions through okay deciding okay today just for today I'm going to do something different Mm -hmm. just for right now I'm going to do something different Yes. You know, and it's easy to get caught up. Like we said, in the big vision, it's easy to get caught up in what's out there. And I think a lot of people worry that it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen on their timeline, which it never, ever, ever never will. It It never never will. will. And I think because we're, we're, especially we're used to fast, you know, that quick, um, what's it called? I'm looking for that word for the like results, like fast results. Yes. The fast results, you know, because everything's at our fingertips now. And mm-hmm. I can bet you, if you start showing up and you start making the different decisions, it will happen faster than you think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It'll never happen on your timeline though. No. And that's, and, and like I said, I've had people say, well, it's easy for you or this was fast. And I'm like, really? So in my, in my coaching groups, a lot of times, anytime my Facebook memories pop up and it's a video, I share it with them. I'm like, just so you guys see, this is 2015. This is 2016. <laughs> Lighting's terrible. Not, and I'm doing Facebook lives, trying to show up, trying to gain my courage. Yeah. It was messy as hell. And I still did it. Like, so it's not fast like that. You're, you're judging your couple videos that you've done based on like the last five years that I've been doing it. So you can't, it's just not how it works. No, it isn't. It, it, it really isn't. So I, I'm curious 
why coaching? Why step into this space from your story? Because you you broke free and you and you created this new you, and that's beautiful. What compelled you to to step into this space? What did you do before? Um, I was actually a registered kinesiologist, so I worked in um, physical rehabilitation for 27 years, and so. I always knew like, it's strange. Cause I, I mean, I did that for so long, but, and that was my identity. It was a one-to-one relationship with clients at all times. And I remember mentor saying to me about probably seven or eight years ago, the reason you're frustrated is because your, your message is meant to go from one to many, not one-to-one. Mm. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means, but that sounds interesting. And then I started to, when I released my book and I started my podcast, I still had no business in mind. And I think that that's a blessing because I didn't go out going, Oh, I'm going to create a business out of this. I had to grow into the person who could be able to handle that. So that wasn't my intention from the beginning at all. And I just wanted to create a safe space where I could help people with their stories and I could teach them how to, you know, that they weren't alone and that they, they didn't need to hide. They didn't have to feed shame, all of those things. And it wasn't until um, probably closer to 2018, 2019, that people kept reaching out and saying, but how do you share a story? I don't understand how you share a story. And, you know, I, in the beginning, I started working with parents dealing with addictions. And honestly, I say this with love. It didn't take me long before I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. This is not, I feel you on that. (laughs) I did not want to do this. It was so, because here's the reason I say this with love because I was there. So there's no judgment trying to tell a parent that they have to take care of themselves when their kids either overdose, they've attempted suicide, they've been missing for days. Like that is such a foreign language because the parent would say, but I'm trying to save my kid. What do you, I don't have time for me. It is, it's a really tough thing to tell people. And I remember a counselor saying to me that if I didn't start to put some time back into myself, I needed to become a springboard if my kids ever came back to me. And at that point I was a pile of sand. And that was my, that was a big aha moment for me. So when I started coaching with parents and helping support them, I was just like, I don't think I can do this. Like, this is just too heavy. So I didn't, and I didn't, I didn't do anything with coaching for a while, but it wasn't until, like I said, 2018, people would hear my, my podcast, they would hear me on stage and they would say, but how do you share a story? I don't want to hold on to this story anymore. I want to learn to do something with it. And finally, after repeated times, it was one of those moments where I went, okay, universe, I hear you now. I understand what you're saying. Like, this is what you want me to do with it. And I started to open it up to teach people like storytelling and business coaching, because I love to see women build a business of impact. I believe that our strengths all come from the stories that we've lived. That's who we are. We're an expert of the things that we have lived through. I can't, there is no book I could have ever read that would have prepared me for what I went through because I lived it. So because I've lived those lessons, I'm best to teach them. And we always teach what we are always learning. And so I kind of stumbled into it. And then I started to realize like how much I actually loved helping women with building that platform message and learning how to find their their voice and all of the things that went with it, that it just seemed to open up such a a beautiful space. And I just kept following it. Mm, I love that. That's, it's so like listening to what was created out of what, 
impacted you, what you've gone through, and turning that into this beautiful space to invite other women in to share their stories. Because I am a huge believer in there is so much power in our stories. I don't care what story you have. There is power in there somewhere. And you can use that in whichever capacity you want. If it's for healing, if it's for teaching others, coaching others, starting a yogurt shop, whatever it is, mm-hmm. like there is such beauty and, and power in it. And, and if nothing else, other women know they're not alone when you share your story. That's exactly, that is such a big part of it is the reason. So yes, now we hear a lot more people being vulnerable. I promise you like six, seven years ago. Oh my God, nobody was talking. <laughs> Nobody was talking about anything that was difficult. And so I thought, well, maybe I should, like, maybe I should start doing that. Maybe that, you know how sometimes they say that you see a need for something because you're actually the one to create it. Like you're actually the one to do something with it. And that's not from a space of ego. That was just a point of, I went, well, maybe I am supposed to do something with it. And a counselor once said to us that, you know, if you look around in this group of parents that you're with, you guys are the only parents that are together and you're dealing with this with both of your kids. So maybe there's something else to that, that you need to to speak up on. And I started to really dive into shame work and understanding what it was and, and why it stays alive. And I'm still, I mean, I will, my podcast topics always will go around vulnerability and shame. And because shame only has so much power because we give it so much power because we don't talk about things. That's why. It's like, we can change that narrative, but as soon as we start to talk about it and people will say, well, I'm so afraid of like, what are they going to say? And I'm like, first off, who is they? Mm-hmm. And second, right. Second, I mean, no one will, it's a, it's a revelation for me. It was years ago, but no one will ever judge you more than you've judged yourself. There is no one who will judge you more. So you have to get to a space of just who cares what someone else says. If they're not walking, like, do you know the Brady Brown quote about like, if they're in the arena with you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. And I, I'm not going to say it right, but it's like, whoever it, don't give your, um, don't, don't take advice from people who are in the cheap seats. So I always even took it one step further and it was like, if they are in the cheap seats or if they're not even in the arena, or if they're not on the arena floor with me, walking with me every day, they don't get a vote. And that included family sometimes it really yeah. did. Cause it was like, I don't have time, space or capacity for your judgment because your judgment's not fixing my, and I'm living a gong show over here. So I don't have time for it. And that's literally what I had to do. So I had to block out a number of family members because it was, I had to survive. I had yeah. to survive. So I, I encourage you have to go to a space of getting so clear about what you need to be your best self. Because at that point, my kids were still minors. They were still in and out here. And so I couldn't, like, I couldn't just go away from the story. It was right here. You have to do what's best for you in order to make it through another day. Mm, You literally are just speaking to me right now because I've needed that reminder myself as I have gone through some family stuff recently around addiction and I am the healthy one who has chosen a different path a long time ago and it's not being received well and it's not being seen well and it's not my business and it's not mine to carry or allow to hold me back. Nope, it's not. It absolutely is not. And I think that's where it sometimes, um, (laughs) my, my husband finally came up with that. He's like, oh, thank you for your opinion. Or my other one I would say all the time is like, okay. 
because the, you learn not, you learn to answer in non-confrontational ways. Yeah. You learn to just say, okay. Or I would just be like, I'm sorry, are you willing to come here and live in my life day in and day out? Oh, you're not. Okay. We're good. Then like, just, just keep it to yourself. Just yeah. keep it to yourself. Because I don't think, I think people believe, like believe they're doing well and they're trying, but I'll tell you when you're walking that line and it is just so damn lonely and it's hard, the last thing you need is criticism from the people that are closest to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, so true and so spot on and it's going to be, it'll be worth it when you, when you continue on that line and on that path, it is worth it so much. And whether those people come to understand, come to be open or not, just hold space. And like you said, okay, you know, this next. is, this is my lap next. It, and I get it. It's hard. Cause we're, there's, you know, there's all kinds of different stories that we could dive into when it comes to family unit and what it's supposed to be and like all of the things, but, oh my gosh, such a powerful message that you have. Marcia, is there anything else you want to share before we go today? I just want to share that um, if you're in a space that you can, you might listen to what I say and go, okay, great. But I don't want to like stand on a stage or write a book or share my story. If first off, if you feel called to, you're being tapped on the shoulder for a reason, because you're meant to do something with it. And if not, then what I would always encourage you to ask yourself is, is your whole, your story holding you back from the living, the life that you are meant to live? So I'm just starting with another female right now who has an unbelievable story and she finally was able to share it with a spouse for 30 years mm. because she just couldn't, it was like eating all aspects of her life that I don't care if you don't ever share your story, but God, don't let it hold you back. Like, don't let it hold you back, define you, um, and become your identity. I just shared this concept the other day, and it certainly triggered a lot of people, which I'm all good with triggering because that's when we create change. I'm so, I lo- I've actually had some pretty nasty messages sent to me and I'm like, oh, you don't know me well enough to know that you've actually just given me fuel. Like, it's all good. You know, yeah. I'm not going to stop. Um, but here's the thing is, is that whatever you have lived through is your testimony. That's what gives you credibility. That's what makes you who you are. Stop resisting it and embrace it because you're actually an expert and you don't even realize it, Mm -hmm. but don't let that testimony become your identity. It's Mm -hmm. not your identity. If you make it your identity, it keeps you super small in your own life. And then you end up missing out on a lot of opportunities that are available for you. So just please don't let it hold you back. There's a lot of incredible resources out there and you can find a way to move through your story and let go of all of the negative low vibe emotions that are keeping you stuck in a really difficult space. Mm, I love that. Do not let your story hold you back. Absolutely. So much. Where can people find you? Um, the easiest is I, I just shortened. So it's Marsha Van W on literally everything on my website and on Instagram is where I hang out the most. And I do like different programs. I do um, small monthly programs. I do larger programs. There's things that I'm there to help support so many women and people in overcoming their stories. So between that, my website, two podcasts and all kinds of things available. Awesome. Thank you again so much for sharing your story, coming on and sharing your powerful message. 
so grateful we connected and I know you are, I mean, you're making a huge difference in so many lives. So your light is incredibly beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with me and uh, my space. Oh, thank you so much for having me, honestly. And thank you for reaching out, making the connection. That's where it all starts, right? I looked at it and went, I knew you and I would cross paths somewhere. I just knew it. I had a feeling. And I'm very grateful that you had me here today. I love that. I love that. All right, sister, you know what to do. And I will talk to you soon. so much for listening and if you loved this episode and know of someone else who has a powerful story and are doing big things please pass them on to me it would mean the world to me if you helped me get this message out to as many listeners as I can so please if you liked what you heard it goes a long way to take 60 seconds leave me a five-star review and share this episode with a girlfriend Don't forget to tag me on social media. And if that's not your thing, shoot me a DM because I would like to personally thank you for doing so. We are not meant to do this life alone. And I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. Until next time.